Hey everybody, um, we have been wonderfully and pleasantly surprised by how many people have begun listening to our podcast. We have been enjoying this so much, haven't we? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I thought we'd have an audience of two. <laughs> that's that's what we said in our first episode, but here we are. And, uh, and so now that we're starting to produce these on a regular basis, um, we had something we wanted to ask of you. And so if you could... Uh, both like or and or subscribe to our podcast um, on whatever platform you're listening to it. Um, that would help us out a ton. If you could leave a rating or a comment, um, that helps us out even more so. Um, we would we would appreciate that so much. Yeah, and if you have um, uh, something that comes up in one of the episodes um, that you would love to have conversation around, you can find us on Instagram, Sacred Spaces Podcast or on Facebook, same name. And we would love to uh, converse about things that have been brought up, um, you know, maybe continue conversation that we started on a podcast. Um, maybe we'll even take some of your thoughts um, and bring them to a podcast conversation. We love doing that. Mm, um, yeah. And don't be afraid of a little bit of controversy. We we enjoy the, um, the, the all the thoughts and all the conversation. So we would love to keep talking with you. Absolutely. All right. Hope you enjoy this episode. Well, here we are again. Another okay. episode. Okay. <laughs> What's funny is that... No, we did have that conversation on the uh, last oh, yeah. one we put out, oh, didn't yeah. we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was on the one that we're actually not releasing yet. But no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Oh, I, yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah, we're... So, different in, different intro this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we, we, I'm a little, I get a little confused as when we record them, because we record a bunch of them, and then when we release them, and right. so sometimes I'm not quite, wait, did, which one are we on? <laughs> Have we released that one yet? Yeah. yeah. We're in our new studio space. Yes, we are. I love calling it our studio. Yeah. It's our spare bedroom in the basement. This but is, it is our studio. Yeah, it is. Because we, uh, one, we are both uh, needing some space, some desk space. And so we um, decided that uh, as fun as the R-Pod is, um, there, as we enter into spring and summer weather, there are more lawnmowers going than we had anticipated. <laughs> That's right. So we needed to uh, control some um, background noise a little bit. And um, decided that we were going to create ourselves a new space since we had the time. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's it's not super convenient. I mean, it was kind of fun yeah. in the R-Pod, and it still will be from time to time. Yeah. But it's not super convenient to pack everything up and take it out there. Uh, yeah. And we're looking at adding some new equipment and more microphones yeah. and stands, all that. And so, and so it just got to a point where we needed to establish a studio. So we built a new desk. Yeah. I think it turned out great. Yeah, I think I, I <laughs> if will I post. Do say I will so. post um, a picture um, on Instagram um, of yeah. the new space because I'm super excited about it. Um, we also have new artwork. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> one of our listeners, our friend Megan. Yeah, she uh, <laughs> she's been coloring to our podcasts and decided that she was inspired by some of the language that we use <laughs> to color us a very special um, piece of artwork. 
and um, that we are going to, to frame, frame and hang in our new podcasting space. It is legitimate art. <laughs> So yes. I'm super excited to frame it and hang it. Yeah. Frame it and hang it. Yeah. So uh, so it is supposed to be 70 degrees today. Yeah. So today is uh, Good Friday. It in is. case anybody lost yeah. track of what day of the week it was. No doubt. Um, I've done it a few times this week. Yeah. Um, the garbage has been out for several days. <laughs> yes, I took the garbage out far. early. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we also thought uh, it is an, an unusual, uh, an unusual weekend, uh, or an unusual time for this particular weekend with the um, Easter. Yes, yes, yes. And, but I'm I'm not jumping in yet. Um, but Sorry. <laughs> um, so we we had a podcast um, already recorded that we were going to release this weekend. And we decided that we are going to bump that out, and we wanted to talk about this weekend. Mm. So, um, so we are rearranging a little bit. So, since it's Friday, and yes. it's a good Friday, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's going to be seventy degrees, degrees out, we thought we were going to make our summertime drink today. Yeah. And this is like one of our favorite summertime out on the porch drinks. This is my own recipe, whether it exists or not. I didn't read it anywhere. I came up with it myself. So this is a coffee martini. Uh, you have titled it wrong. It's an espresso martini. Sorry. Because an it's actually an espresso martini. shot. It yes. isn't a coffee. So as I've said before, I roast our coffee for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always buy green beans and then I roast it in the garage. And so this is our freshly roasted coffee. I just roasted it yesterday. And then we pull an espresso shot and, of course, a little vodka and some Kahlua and some almond milk, since I am lactose intolerant. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And then here we have in these awesome martini glasses, which, coming down to the basement, I almost (laughs) spilled them everywhere coming down the stairs. I was like, I should have been videoing this because it could have been epic. Yeah, surprisingly enough, I didn't swear one time, though. So I was like, (laughs) we were coming, and I just didn't, I didn't spill, and I didn't swear, and I'm very proud of myself for those two things. Proud, whatever. Here, let's uh, (laughs) cheers to you on our espresso martini. Oh, that sounded like a plastic clink. It did, but these are not plastic glasses. I know. We only use the finest glass martini glasses. I think I just snorted. Um... Mm, yeah, that's really good. We oh, will not good. let everybody know what time of the day it is that we are having these. Oh, no, it is it is the time, time. to be drinking <laughs> espresso martini. <laughs> now, sometimes I make it an espresso, espresso, <laughs> an es, a mocha espresso martini. Yes. This time I did not. No. So sometimes I actually little, like these ones better. I, think I do too. I think those are sweet. too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, these are awesome. Man, I forgot how good these are. Yeah, we usually just have them out on the deck, kind of at the end of the day when it's a little bit warm, and just yeah. just enjoy those in the evening. And yeah. Um, yeah, we just... And it is a shot of espresso, so, I mean, I'm... You and know, a shot of vodka. Well, so. I know, I'm saying late in the evening, sometimes, you know, we kind of oh, yeah, plan yeah. that out a little bit, you know, so we don't get a, a you know, a, a caffeine buzz. So, <laughs> but, yeah, I think they equal out. Yeah, whatever. But all right, you were saying that uh, <laughs> that this is actually Good Friday, and this is so weird for us. It's so weird for us on a 
couple of levels. Yeah, multiple levels. It's so weird in the same way that I imagine it's weird for so many others out there for which this is part of their Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's, you know, we consider it the Holy Week, but um, but specifically for, um, you know, the Christian uh, communities, of, mm-hmm. you know, varied Christian communities, it's Holy Week. And Good Friday uh, for us um, over, you know, the the basically decade that um, that I was pastoring, uh, we were both very involved in the church, um, Good Friday was always a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like we made, we, we, like I was always interested in like crafting a, um, an experience for, mm-hmm. um, congregation yeah. or youth group or whomever yeah. to, to go through, to try to set everybody up for then Easter morning. Right. right? I mean, it was always, I mean, it was always such a big deal. Like yeah. lots of planning went into it for me and, uh, for it us. Was, it, it, it was, uh. A beautiful time, I think, because we got to see you just really flow in your artistic side, um, where you had an opportunity. Uh, art for yourself is not how you enjoy art, yeah. but it's when you get to create space for people to enjoy something, and um, and I think it was deeply heartfelt and a gift that you were... Um, really offering to everyone in that time. Um, it was, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, what we had talked about this morning, we decided to sit down and record the conversation. Um, we started to talk about what an unusual feeling it is right now to be at this point of the year and have all of this, um, you know, shelter in existing and yeah. we actually don't know what's going to come of this conversation. Yeah, because we specifically stopped the conversation and said, "Let's record this." Yeah. So, guys, this is it. Like, this is this is real and raw. Um, and I, and I have to be honest. I'm really not sure what sits under the things that I'm feeling today. So yeah. I'm I'm not sure where I will I will land with all of this. Um, and I may even disagree with myself a week from now. Um, we but may it, disagree with each other a little bit. Oh uh, we'll, yeah. And we'll just work through that. I mean. We'll, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, uh, but I think I need to have the conversation yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that was apparent this morning when we started and we said, you know what, I think this is something we need to talk about and why not bring all of you, uh, into it. <laughs> and an espresso martini. Well, it might, it <laughs> might make the conversation a little more, you know, palatable for myself, but right. I do have my jelly bellies here too, so <laughs> which, you might. You, which I've already <laughs> scolded you for chewing <laughs> yes, into the microphone. <laughs> you just have to hear this. Oh, that's what. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's just to drive you nuts because I know you're going to listen back and want to take it out. No, that's that's a nice sound. Oh. I think. Oh, okay. I think that'll be a nice sound. We'll, okay. we'll see. You just don't like when I chew them. <laughs> well, that's less of a nice sound. <laughs> Especially when you make a face because you ate a buttered popcorn one oh that you God. hate. I love popcorn. I love caramel corn. I do not like them in jelly bellies. No, no so you smack them extra loud and you're trying to get through it. Yes. And if I get the licorice ones, it's like, oh, God, I don't want another jelly belly ever. Um, so the. the <laughs> See, yeah, we just go all kinds of directions here. Yeah. I have no idea. Which where is totally fine. Which where is we're totally, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a real conversation. We've already tea. told everybody that. So the, the, 
the again the two things that make this you know uh, particular Good Friday Easter weekend very strange for us is again one the same thing everybody else is going mm-hmm. through that er, with shelter yeah. in and because of the coronavirus and and all of that that's happening there's well I was going to say there are no churches meeting this weekend oh, but we talked about that we last talked time. about that last week and unfortunately yes <laughs> that that's not the case there will be churches that are meeting and shame on them um, but uh, but for most people. Um, that they will be celebrating um, this Easter weekend um, starting today. Um, it, most Christians, I should say, um, will be celebrating alone. Um, we'll be celebrating apart from yeah. community. And there's different ways that's happening. There's, there's you know, online stuff that's right. happening and all that. But it's, it's very different it's not yeah. the same experience this year as it, it because easter sunday is we used to say this and i know this is going to sound kind of crass but it's every church's super bowl weekend i mean it's like right. it's the it's the biggest weekend of the year is right. is easter sunday you know um and so uh, it churches usually make a, um, a a larger production of things um even if they, even if they're small churches, or even if they're more liturgical churches, there's still just a different energy in the room. There's yeah. more people that are around, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And to not have that is a, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, and and so that's kind of what everybody is is feeling together, right? So so I'm curious because I and, I and I would like to answer this question too. I'm not okay. really sure what's on the other side of it, but what is it? What is it that you're feeling today um, in relationship to this oddness of not having the gathering? Not, yeah. Well, I'll answer that question before going into the other stuff. But you can't separate it from the other stuff for you and I. You and I are in a different space anyway. Right. Like last year, we didn't attend a, a church gathering for Easter weekend. So we're, we didn't, we went four wheeling. That's right. (laughs) The year before last we did. Yeah. And that was, um, and we both walked away saying, I think we're done. I think we're done with that thing. So we're in a little different position in that. Um, but I, I still will say that, um, there's a, there's a part of me that, um, that laments not having that, uh, that that gathering, mm-hmm. um, and even last year it was a little. I mean, I I loved what we did for Easter last year, mm-hmm. um, and we just. Um, I mean, again, I just loved what we did for Easter last year, but there was still a part of me that mm-hmm. was sad. I, I was I think because you were grieving I, a little bit. I was. Yeah. I was grieving something lost, and the something lost for me was that. Um, that uh, being disconnected from the church is something that I feel is right and healthy and good for us right now, but I I still miss it every once in a while, particularly in in things mm-hmm. like this. And again, <clears throat> if I'm really honest, and this I I mean again this is exposing myself a little bit, but if I'm really honest, it's less about the gathering of the church that I miss, and it's more about the part that I used to play in it. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I think there's a part of that if I'm just really, really like brutally honest and not trying to paint myself in a good picture, um, that I miss the creative outlet mm-hmm. that it provided. And yeah. again, I understand that might that may sound not good of me, <laughs> because oh, I'm saying sure. I didn't because I'm saying I didn't I didn't miss it for the religious implications. I don't miss it for the the people implicated. I miss it because of what it did for me. You know. Um, and so anyway, I'll, I'll deal with that. I'll work with it. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I, I don't see anything wrong with that because I see that you truly were trying to create something for everyone else. Yeah. And you were, you were giving to them. I mean, really, truly giving to them, um, and creating a space where they get to make it whatever they needed it to be that day. Um, and that's, yeah, that's true. And so I don't I don't see it as a, as anything for you to feel bad about. Um, so what about you? Oh, for me, um, there's so much that comes up around tradition um, uh, in this, yes. um, yeah. and it comes from the you know me being a little girl, but also raising my little girls and Easter growing up and raising our girls was. It's springtime. It was about uh, a new dress. Um, whether I made it, which I did a couple of times, um, I took pictures just to memorialize that because I don't sew. But, <laughs> um, but it was uh, giving them something fresh and new, like coming out of winter and into this new season, right? And um, so, as materialistic as it kind of seems to have a new dress and new shoes and this you know, Easter experience in the morning before church. It was also just this, we're entering into something new, a new season, a new, a new day. It, it, it was all, it's all so intertwined and all so wrapped up in the actual meaning of what Easter is representing. Um, but, um, so there's a little bit of grieving for me in terms of, uh, I don't get to see one of my daughter's this weekend and I'm used to seeing them both um we're not shopping for an Easter dress together we're we're not doing all of those things that kind of say hey here here's this new space that we're entering together um even though both of our daughters are adults no but we do no no no, no, I'm saying even though they're both adults we've still always done an Easter basket for them every year yeah and you know and just you know that sort of thing we're not we're not doing any I mean we picked up a couple little things but we're not really doing it like we have in the past no and i i think it's it's a strange thing to be absent of tradition no matter where i land with the church and theology and all of that other stuff that comes along with it um it's just on a family level the things that i'm used to doing and i i know it is also an opportunity to maybe create something new and have a a new memory in here Uh, to be honest i'm not sure what that looks like yet but four-wheeling (laughs) <laughs> we have to see if we're allowed to do that. Um, well, even at that, we can't really do that together. No, we can't do it the same way. Because, no. Because, it, again, we have... Isolated from family. From Yeah, from your mom and, and Kaylee and Dylan and, you know, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, it, I think it's, it's a strange space for me there. So I think the question on the table for me is, is that when you have a moment in history like this, like we are all experiencing right now, and tradition doesn't get to be part of something that has always been there, 
um, what then what value is still placed on what has happened. We're, we're used to um, memorializing or um, you know giving sacred space for this story of um, death yeah. and resurrection. Um, and that happens not just on a Sunday morning, but it happens through waking up to a new dress and to a new day and to, you know, it, mm-hmm. it encompasses all of it. So when you strip away those uh, traditions that we just absolutely can't do this year, um, what is left under there? And what does it look like? And how should it be celebrated? Or how do we want it to be celebrated? Do we want to celebrate it? Like all those questions come to the surface. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is supposed to, I'm doing air quotes, what is supposed to remain is the um, the religious significance of it, the, the spiritual significance of it. And I, and I think that is the second part that is, is, is difficult for us and has been difficult for us for a few years mm-hmm. now, is that um, as we have, um, as our spirituality has been morphing mm-hmm. and I think growing, Oh, it's it's much broader, much bigger than it was before. Yeah, um, we have struggled with um, still finding deep significance in the story of this time of year. Mm-hmm. While um, I'll, I'll say this for myself too, and I know we've talked about this, but I, I don't want mm-hmm. to in any way speak for you today. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'll, I'll keep it for myself. While also. Um, letting go of many elements that have been attached to this time of year um, through the church that I believe are um, I believe are actually toxic and harmful um, and and mm-hmm. so um, I I think that I haven't known personally for a couple of years now even you know like I said you know, Last year was the first year we didn't attend church on Easter morning. Yeah, um, God, it, well, other than the time you were in the hospital when I was pregnant with Kaylee. yeah. That was yeah, the yeah, only yeah. other time yeah, that yeah. I ever remember. Um, and for some people, it's the only time they attend church all yeah. year, right? Well, and that kind of became our thing, too, is that we were we were backing out of the church, but we decided to still show up for Easter morning, right? Um, and so... Uh, it, it was the first, you know, last year was the first time we did that. But year, but even for a couple of years prior to that, I was beginning to struggle with some of the communicated significance of Easter morning and thinking, I don't know that we're focusing on the right things. Right. I don't know that I believe some of those things any longer. Um, the things that that were the where the the places where the emphasis was being placed in the church um, surrounding Easter um, were not the same things that were resonating with me any longer. And I was going, I I just don't know that that this is the point anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was similar for you. Yeah, I I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think I would sit in the same camp. Some of those things were different for each one of us as far as what, what stood out to us as being those things we were weren't resonating with or we were having issue with but um I think the other thing to realize is that um I don't think there's really recorded history 
where humanity um, has not used um, moments of liturgy or celebration or memorializing, um, taking a moment to acknowledge this space in history or this event or this um, birthday or a uh, an accomplishment or a significant I mean we now do this with 9-11 we you know everybody in a, particularly in America takes a pause in that day of sure. reverence for what has been what has happened and and I think that I don't know the the science behind it but I think we're in need of those things mm. as humans to to celebrate yeah, or to have an ongoing moment of grief, like to acknowledge that that was real, to acknowledge it existed. Um, I'm sure that somebody could um, actually probably do a whole podcast or more on on just that about humanity. So I am I am feeling this some kind of connection with that today, and um, that I, that I would feel. If I just walked through and didn't have any connection with Good Friday and Easter this weekend, I I would have missed something for myself. Mm. At the same time, I haven't figured out what what goes in its place. Um, uh, I've I had deep respect and I have a deep understanding of what this uh, weekend is. Um, it has morphed over the years as to um, yeah. what I think is important about it but um, but there still seems to be a need to to put some kind of marker in time or a moment that says that that we were here we acknowledge it does that make sense yeah true true um, I think there's um, I think there's there's something significant within us that um, that quite honestly needs to remember the significance of moments mm-hmm. um, like you were saying and so there is it like it there is a, a grounding element to it right that it, it grounds us that it, it it reminds us what is what is important it reminds us what is um, of value to us and so you know you use 9-11 and and I don't know about everybody else, but you know, for my for myself, you know, we come back around to nine eleven every year, and I form pictures in my head mm-hmm. of of waking up to you know um, you coming into the room and saying you need to get up and come, you know, with the TV's on. There's something terrible has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to my parents having come down from Idaho, mm-hmm. staying with us in. Um, in Arizona and um, that our daughters were very young and my dad and I were building bunk beds for them out in the in the driveway and the the eerie silence because we mm-hmm. lived in a flight path yeah. and there were Under no Sky Harbor, planes yeah. yeah there were no planes flying overhead you know all that kind of stuff and and it's like I go back to that place and what it what it does for me is it there's a grounding element every year that I remember um, what what became so um, so important in that moment? Mm-hmm. It was always important. You were 
you were always important. The girls were always important. You know, yeah. the, the relationships, family was always important. All those things, they were always important. But there was something in that moment when I said, it is the only thing that's important, right? Yeah. And you, you know in that moment that nothing's ever going to be the same again. And so you, you, it's almost like time stops. Yeah. And you go, wow, okay. One, I can't believe I'm seeing, you know, your dad and I watched it happen. It all happened on TV, and I remember standing there looking at him and going, did did we just see that? Did that just happen? Yeah. And you just paralyzed. The clock stops. Everything, every sound yeah. stops, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And you go, you just go into this place of, I am not the same person I was 30 seconds ago. Right. I am changed. And I'm going to, and you know... It's going to keep changing as this thing unfolds. Sometimes I, I wonder that those who had experienced um, this weekend <laughs> that, that we're celebrating, and I'm using air quotes because that's just such a weird word to use, but we yeah. use it often with Easter, um, that, w- that were there with Jesus and when walking through this whole thing that was happening and they didn't know the outcome like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there had to be one of those moments where they stood and looked at each other and said, everything's changed now. Everything's yes. going to be different. Yes. And I'm not going to be the same as I was even 30 seconds ago, three days ago. Um, it's all changed and, and sometimes I have to make that comparison and that parallel because I've been raised with this story my entire life of something between um, a weird space of detached grief that someone died and somehow we're celebrating this to someone rose again and we're celebrating and we're happy and it's this weird mix. And remember it as a kid, this weird thing that you're trying to understand, death and life all in the same moment. And we're wearing happy clothes and we're singing happy songs. Like it, it just didn't make sense to me, right. um, to my emotional or my psyche, I guess. Um, but when I, when I relate it to something that I have experienced, like like what we just described with 9-11, that if it was like that, then I would be one of those people who'd need to come back to that date every year, and I would need a moment to grieve, and I would need to figure out what celebration looks like. So sometimes I play around with that a little bit um, to try and understand something that I think can get very lost in tradition and even in liturgy, although I think there's some beautiful things in the liturgy of what we what we do but um yeah yeah and i think that this year that is accentuated because i'm hearing so many people talking about i'm I'm listening to tons of podcasts right now and just you know in conversations with other people and hearing people talk about it even on news cycles Mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing um hearing people talk about that in this time that what they are finding is what matters most, you know? And so we have that that's happening through this Mm -hmm. pandemic crisis already where everybody is, 
is stuck away in their homes. They're um, they're isolated, you know, with just their their loved ones or or maybe a roommate or, or mm-hmm. something like that. But then they, but then you feel some distance from somebody that you can't connect with, and you and the sweetness of that mm-hmm. pain is is a reminder of how important that connection is, right? And so so that is all going on right now. And then you come into this Easter season where that's the whole point of of this. Um, of this holiday, holiday, holy day, <laughs> is that uh, it's a, is that it's a time of remembrance. It's a time of remembrance of um, the, the church would say of why we gather at all, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's all centered around this event that happened, um, and so it is um, it is accentuated ten times, a hundred times because of the current state of what we're in right now and that I think the the sweet longing to be in community with others for some that's so important for them mm-hmm. um, that uh, that all of that is 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 just it's missing right now mm-hmm. um, and so I get it I, I get that um, this is gonna be a difficult weekend for some people don't you um, think there's something? good in that though uh, I mean I look at the things that that I get I get frustrated with the sales pitch of church you know that can happen on Easter we've seen really beautiful things on Easter and we've seen some really like this is a retail store opening up for a big sale like yeah you know that <laughs> yeah. that ugly that ugly space or at least I think it's an ugly space um but if if we have to strip all that away, um, might it actually give us an opportunity to, to reassess what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it and uh, why we're doing it the way that we're doing it? Um, throw out some stuff that probably needed to be thrown out um, and re reevaluate what all of this is. I mean, I think that's what it's doing to us personally, um, although I think we've been in that process a little while. Um, we just, um, this year, yeah. we're not choosing to not go to church. We actually aren't allowed to go to church. So that responsibility of that choice is sort of taken away. But I guess I could choose to get online and watch something. I could choose, you know. Could. Could. <laughs> I will tell you, I'm not choosing that um, at this time. <laughs> But it's uh, um, if if I'm if I'm really honest in this conversation, I I think I've seen behind the wizard's curtain too many times, and I've seen some really beautiful things like watching you create mm-hmm. um, uh, a place for people to um, to contemplate and understand what this weekend is, but I've seen some really ugly things behind the curtain too and um and even in the questioning the answer being because that's what we do because that's how we're supposed to and um I'm just not content with those answers so it's hard for me to then turn on a computer and watch it yeah right yeah would it um would it be okay 
And if you say, no, it's not okay, then I'll just cut this right out of the podcast and we'll just go on with something else. Um, we're on a track for not editing anything. So, Would guys... it be okay if I explained, a, or not explained, if I talk through a little bit of the process I have been on over um, a number of years of, of coming around to Easter a little differently um, and kind of... Um, and even giving a little, I mean, is that okay? Is it? Yeah, as long as I'm allowed to eat a jelly bean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sitting here looking at this bowl of jelly beans going, it's a really serious conversation. If I go over and I reach for one. If you chew one, with your mouth closed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do I insert the sound of the jelly bean bowl into a really serious conversation? <laughs> just it's go the, for it right just now. Just go for it? Okay. Yeah, just get, just I, get right in there. All and, the red ones are gone. Well, you're going to have to take your chances with some others. Don't get the black one because oh nobody wants no. to hear you gag no, my on favorite, our podcast. My favorite are the peach and the um, watermelon, actually. <laughs> so, And if I get a cinnamon, I'll pucker my face. So, Okay, there you go. Uh, I will sit back. I'll let you talk. I will sit away <laughs> oh, from the microphone <laughs> while I eat these. You're gonna, that's called giving me the mic. <laughs> the mic is closer to me, so. Right. <laughs> no, I, actually, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say because I know you've you've had one experience, one perspective. I, uh, we obviously cross over, but you also have, um, I have the mom experience in all of this. While you were busy getting everything ready, I have the, I had the Sunday morning, you know, thing with my girls and getting them dressed and like there's yeah. a whole nother experience for me in this and then there's the theology stuff yeah um i, I so what i would like to what i would like to say first before i say anything else is that my my theology my doctrine of easter along with all of christianity um has changed drastically um, in so many ways and I have let go of a lot of things um, I have um, even to the point where we don't attend church right now just because I, I think it's it's a better place you know I, we've talked about this mm -hmm. we I know we agree on that it's a better place for us to not be in that setting right now um, but the one thing that I have, um, that I have kept coming back to over and over and over again through this process is um, my deep respect, um, intrigue, fascination, and really love for Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, the character of Jesus. Um and and I and I, I say that last bit, the character of Jesus, because I'm not an idiot. I I know that there's no way that his essence was captured perfectly two thousand years ago and preserved perfectly for the last two thousand years, and we have a complete and full understanding of who that historical figure was. I'm not an idiot. So, yeah. but, but the character of, um, of what I believe has survived, of what has, I think, um, 
that I choose to believe as um, as a true and accurate representation of of who this character was, immense respect and love and fascination with, um, mm. and um, and that goes around um, how he conducted himself as was recorded, and how he spoke, um, and those two things are just. I mean, it's it's so intriguing to me that it's it's captivated. I'm captivated mm-hmm. by his words. I'm captivated by his actions. I'm captivated to the point of wanting to be more like him. Um, that I find myself in this, you know, in this role of wanting to learn to to think like he thought, to um, to be able to respond in a moment like he responded in moments to treat people the way that he treated people for the most part um, and on and on. Um, now, uh, there, is, there is this emphasis at Easter time within the church on the action of Jesus willingly going to the cross, suffering um, and, you know, brutal beatings, humiliation, mm-hmm. all of that. And then ultimately being nailed to the cross um, and suffering one of the most excruciating deaths that could have been invented at that time. Um, It was a slow, torturous, painful kind of death. Um, The word excruciating literally, I mean, it comes from that era, Mm -hmm. you know, to to describe what they went through. Um, And then to... To um, and for the purpose of taking the punishment that we deserved as human beings, this is what the church is, is, mm-hmm. teaches. Taking the punishment that we deserve, um, rightfully deserve, because of our sinful natures and because of um, the mistakes that we made, both willful and unintentional. Um, that he took the punishment of that, so that we would not have to. And then he rose again on the third day. Um, overcoming death and um and and then calling us all to now follow him um and he will and if we believe that that he that he actually was the literal son of god born of the virgin mary and that he willingly went to the cross and died for our sins and took the punishment that we deserve if, and, and and then if we believe those two things and we believe that he rose again on the third day um, came back to life on the third day, then we can follow him into an, an eternal and everlasting life in heaven. Um, and that's the point. And so Easter becomes, um, Easter for, for so many people, and again, I'm going to focus here on you know, mm-hmm. America because you know I think it's yeah. probably true in, in some other parts of the world. I don't know how true it is across all parts of the world. But it's more, one of the most widely attended days um, in, in church all year, right? Over Christmas, over mm-hmm. other things, right? And so every church wants to use this as an opportunity to make sure that message is understood. Yeah. Because this is our opportunity to make sure you hear that message that Jesus was God. He was born of a, a Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He went to the cross and died for our sins, um, took, taking God's punishment so that you wouldn't have to. And then he rose again on the third day. And if you believe those things, you too 
can live a life in heaven with him for eternity. My problem became over time that um, is that that is not the that is not the lion's share of the gospel writings. <laughs> that the lion's share of the gospel writings focuses on who is who who is this man? Who is this person who came onto the scene, had a radical effect um, uh, spiritually and politically, politically socially, yeah. socially, right? Um, who was this man who then said to, you know, who called others to follow him, um, to learn a new way, and then commissioned them to go and live in the way that he lived. Um, oh, and then after that, he then went to the cross, right? And so... And then and then we actually have this fairly large conversation post the crucifixion um, about his encounters after resurrection. I should say not post-crucifixion, post-resurrection. And what that all looked like. And then what happened to people... Because of the resurrection. But on Easter Sunday, we we tend to focus on atonement. We focus on he died on a cross and he and he rose again on the third day. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you believe that, you can be in heaven with him for eternity. That's the that's the focal message. Um so as I began to listen to other teachers and as I began to, you know, do some research for myself, what I found is that, um, that Jesus was not born in the year 2000. He wasn't born in the year 1990 or 1980 or 1970. Or, so, you know, he, he was born um, a couple thousand years ago and and that time period had a myriad of things going on in the world that were world influencers and mm-hmm. world positions changing and governments vying for power and and you know coming into power and all this kind of stuff and he was born into this relatively tiny little nation of Israel who was currently under oppression from from Rome, who uh, who Rome at that time had had militarily conquered much of the known world at that point in time, at least the, the world around that space, right? Mm-hmm. There was still a lot of the world that was left, but at that time it was much of the known world. And that rule had extended to the nation of Israel and beyond. And beyond that as well, right? They they were just kind of in the middle of it. And quite honestly, they didn't matter to Rome that much. And so Rome had set up this military presence there, but they were fairly benevolent in their dictatorship. They would still allow the the you know the the native Israelites or the Jewish people uh, to kind of go and do as they pleased within a certain um as with with certain boundaries and certain restrictions that so long as you don't cause any trouble so long as you don't 
push back against us. If you push back against us, we will line the roads with crosses of your uh, of your loved ones, right? Mm-hmm. That are, of your loved ones hanging on crosses, dying these excruciating, brutal deaths. So there was nothing kind about them, but they were like, "Hey, don't cause a stir, and we will let you live in relative peace and harmony." Um, but push back on us and we will destroy you, right? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is born into that time period. And so you have different ways of dealing with that that had, that had come about in the, in the, uh, Jewish or in the, in, within Israel, right? And so, um, Israel, of course, had this long history um, that has been recorded in the Old Testament, um, this long history of being God's chosen people, and that they believed that they were the ones who were ordained by God to, um, to have, this, have say around the world, right? To bring God's message around the world. And so being under... Uh, being oppressed by this Roman pagan rule at this point in time was something that was that I mean it was stifling to them at their core, mm-hmm. not just as anybody else would respond to it, but it's because we're so we're supposed to be the ones that are in charge. We're supposed to be the ones who are who are God's people going forth into all the world, right? Um, and so. Within that, you had these different factions and factions who wanted to, you know, uprise against it. Factions who were just like, just go with the flow, don't fight them. Factions that, um, you know, that thought that, you know, this is God's judgment on us, and and if we just if we just get our lives in order, then God's God will stop judging us, and then we'll be okay. I mean, so you know, these different factions that arise, not too different than we see happening today, right? You you hear these same kinds of things in different ways. Uh, today, and so Jesus was born into the mix of of this highly um, volatile period of time where people were troubled, where people were looking for answers, where people were trying to find: Do we fight against the powers? Do we go along with the powers? Um, do we um, do? Are are we all? Um, uh, is God? upset with us and we have to we have to get our lives in order in order to you know to be on the right side of all this um and jesus comes into all of this and and this is what i started to really pay attention to um is that that over and over and over again Jesus would step into the midst of all of this chaos and all the tyranny and all of the the discomfort and, and the confusion and the and different ways of looking at things. And he would say, don't you know that God's rule and reign is already at hand? That it isn't that it isn't predicated on any of these situations working themselves out. That that God's not waiting for Rome to back off. God's not using Rome to oppress. God's not God's not doing any of that. God is continuing on, and he and he called God my father, right? My father is continuing on with his business just as he always would right in the midst of all of this. And, and if you will follow me, then I will teach you 
how to look at everything differently. And so I will teach you um, to turn the other cheek when someone strikes you, that it's okay, that it's safe to do that. I will teach you that when you are forced to carry um, a Roman centurion's uh, luggage, you know, for a mile, that it's okay if you go an extra mile with him, that it's safe for you to do that. I will teach you that it is okay to, uh, to serve each other and not fight for the power position. I will teach you that it's okay to wash someone else's feet. I will teach you that it's okay to love those who are filled with the deadly disease of leprosy. I will teach you that it's okay to love the tax collectors who were some of the most hated people of the day because they were working with Rome, right? I will teach you that it's okay to invite, um, you know, undesirable people who had, had kind of set themselves apart from everybody else and the prostitutes and the sick and the poor and the and and all of those people who would, who you would think to distance yourselves from, I will teach you that not only is it okay and safe to invite them into your homes and to love and to care for them, but that that is that you will be blessed, and and not be blessed by God, be blessed when you realize the how incredible their companionship is. You you will be blessed with love that you will be blessed with community, that you will be blessed with relationship, that you will be blessed, you know, all of this. And, and he says, I, if you follow me, then I will teach you a different way to see things. I will teach you how to see that God's rule and reign doesn't wait for the power at hand to um, to recede, right? That it, that it has to give up its power, but that God's rule and reign which is good and which is based in love and which is right and all of that goes on in the midst of all of this. And so Jesus calls people to follow him in this and the people by the tens of thousands would flock to him. And when you think about it in a time when there was no radio, there was no TV, there was no internet, there were no podcasts, there, were no, there was just simply word of mouth, right? One person would hear a message in a village and they would run, like physically run to the next village and say, you have to hear this guy. And then people would come back from that village, right? That's how slowly, and he had tens of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people that would flock to hear this message of what was called good news or, or his gospel. It was good news that, that God is at work, my Father is at work even in the midst of all of this. And so that continues on, but of course, that message is disruptive to the powers that be. That if you are looking to, um, to rise up a military force, a military presence to overthrow your Roman occupiers, and along comes somebody who says, it's okay to turn the other cheek 
when a Roman, when somebody slaps you. It's okay to go an extra mile with a Roman centurion when they, when they make you go one mile. It's, it's okay to love your enemies. It's safe to do that. Well, that's against your message. You, you can't love your enemies and rise up, uh, raise up an army to destroy them at the same time, right? Um, if you are part of the, uh, the religious structure that says we're all in terrible sin and God is angry with us, um, and, and so therefore we must all change our behavior in order to get in alignment with God so that God will rescue us. And along comes someone who says, God is your father. And, and if you, being earthly fathers, take care of your own children, um, take care of their needs, God, why do you think that God, as, our, as your heavenly father, would be any different? That he would be worse than you at that? No, he's actually so much better than that for you. And that God is not angry with you, but God loves you. And God wants you to love one another. And so, um, and so now... He, he is disrupting the religious structure of the day that says that, uh, that you, that, again, that, that threatens their power position of people coming to them for guidance and people coming to them, right? So it, in all of these different structures, he comes in and by, by his message of just of saying, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of my father is already at work amongst us. If we just stop and pay attention to it. If we just, if we just, if you follow me, I will teach you a new way to look at everything. And that new way is good. That new way is in alignment with the flow of the universe. That new, that new way is in alignment with the flow of love that will just, that will carry us forward together into this, this brilliant, wonderful new uh, future that begins at this moment today. Then, then, those outside power structures then begin to get really nervous and even angry and even then violent because you are undermining their authority, right? You're undermining their power. Those were the structures that rose up against him and shoved him to Rome to say, you need to deal with this person who is instigating all of this um, this dissension, right? And they and so they they concocted lies and they all this kind of stuff um, because they knew that the people loved him and if they rose up against him, they would lose the people even more. But if Rome dealt with their issue, then they could sweep in underneath all of that and say, see, as we said, you need to follow us, not the teachings of God of this person, Jesus over here. And, and so Rome took the bait. And if you read that story, it is, it's a wild story of betrayal and lies and misinformation and ignoring information and power plays. I mean, it is, it is the most ugly, um, political, you know, story that you, uh, that could be written in any great movie today. I mean, there's, it, it, it's a it's a plot line that's that would be worthy of of any story that would be written today, right? I, I think there might be one being written today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it might trump that one. Might trump it. Yeah. Um, so, trump Pence. <laughs> um, so so Jesus then is he he 
he gets swept up in all of this and he doesn't fight it. And something, there's a message that he begins to say through all of this. And then he says, yes, even in this. Okay? In other words, no, no, no. I'm not going to fight against all of this. I'm not going to side with those who want to um, raise up an army and, and defeat Rome. I'm not going to side with those who say we should just go along with Rome. And I'll say, no, no, you're right. I'll, I'll stop. I'm not going to do any of that to save myself. I'm going to be true to who I am. I'm going to be true to the message that I had that God is at work. My father is at work even in the midst of the most horrible things that you can imagine. And you are going to see firsthand what that looks like. And so he gets swept up in it and he goes the journey and he gets carried to a cross. And, and, it's, and it's the whole time he's looking to his disciples and he's saying, just watch. Just watch. Just pay attention. And it wasn't easy. I mean, it's, it's recorded in, in the Bible that he begged his father, he begged God to not make him go through this. And was answered with silence. Not a no, not no, this is my plan, trust me. Silence. I can't imagine anything worse in that time. And so we see that this wasn't an easy thing that he went through, but he chose to go through it anyway, saying, just watch that when the worst of the worst of the worst can happen, that the way of love, the, the way of, of keeping your eyes on, on the bigger picture of my father's rule and reign all, happening all around us, that keeping our eyes focused on that will still win in the end. It will still carry us through. And so it goes all the way through to completion. And, and the story alludes to that his disciples, those who were closest to him, kept waiting right up until the moment of his actual giving of his last breath kept waiting for him to come down from the cross, that he would stop it all. And in the moment when he didn't stop it, almost every single one of them scattered. They were like, I guess it was, I guess he was wrong. And so... Just as a note, there's the women who stuck around with him. That women did stick around. Yeah. Just, you know. I think it's a good note. <laughs> it's an appropriate note. So he... Days pass, and as the story is told, then on the morning of the third day, um, Easter Sunday, the stone rolls away from his tomb. The story says it was angelic beings that did it. Um, and he walks out of his tomb, and he begins to meet with a few of those um, that, uh, that were his closest companions in life. And they didn't recognize him. Because there was something different. And I would say, yeah. How could you go through something that traumatic and not come out the other side different, right? Um, and they slowly begin to recognize him for whom he is. Um, and then he continues on for another period of time after that, meeting with one or two here and there, and then a group, and then a larger group, and 
and and ultimately there were uh, it's recorded thousands of witnesses who who witnessed now this is where some people then really kind of fall apart at this thing to say I can believe in the message. I can believe in the historical figure, all that kind of stuff. But he raised from the dead. Are you serious? He came back to life after all that. And here's what I say. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. I don't know that that's the most important part of the story. Hmm. I don't know that whether or not that is 100% factually based is the end all. And the church would say today, and I've heard it said, yes, it's the most important thing because if he didn't raise from the dead, he was just another man and he was not God. And what what I say to that is, so what if he was? So what if he was just another man? Does it change anything about his message? Does it change anything about the way that he conducted himself? Does it change anything about the effect that he had on people? Does it change anything about the effect that he has continued to have for thousands of years since then? Does it change anything? Now, personally, I do believe that he rose from the dead. Personally, I do believe that he was divine. There's a whole lot more that I could say about that. But I do believe those two things, just on a, if you want to say just a base level, if nothing else. I do believe those things. Um, but I understand that I'm choosing to believe those things. I'm not believing those things because they're absolutely, unequivocally proven to be true. I believe those things because I'm choosing to. And I have reasons for why I choose to believe those things. And that could be a whole different discussion at some point in time. But here's what stands out to me. And here's why I think that this weekend might be absolutely fundamentally appropriate to where we're in living in the times that we're living in right now, today. I believe there was a man who existed who said, I have a new way of looking at things. A new way that can that handles all of the different variables that can go on. And, and if we're going to sum that up in two quick sentences, this is what I'm going to say that message is. That you love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that you love your neighbor as yourself. That's the message. Loving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength means that our, I believe, means that our entire being is in tune that there is something more that is going on in the universe. And that we give ourselves to that. And that that I, I know that my moment of existence right now, right here sitting at this desk, um, is not the only thing that is. But there is a much grander thing, a much grander flow that is happening in the universe. 
And I believe that based on his language, it is a flow of love. It is a flow that carries us forward. And as we go more forward, we grow more together. And as we grow more together, things become more clear and things become more beautiful and wonderful and lovely. And the problems begin to kind of fall off as we find that there is one thing that is more important than anything else. And that is being in, in alignment with this flow of the universe and loving each other as we would love ourselves. And so as, as Jesus carries that forward then, even through the worst possible circumstance that a single human being could go through. A death on a cross. I don't, I don't know that you can... I don't know you can get a whole lot worse than that. Mm. You can get as bad. Yeah. I just think it's, it's, it's a picturesque of a horrific kind of event. And, he, and if he can carry that same message of being in the flow of the universe and loving his, his neighbors as he would love himself, then even hang on the cross, he could be the kind of person that could say to his father, forgive them, all these people who have done this to me, they don't know what they're doing. Please don't hold it against them. I don't. That's the kind of person that I would like to be. That is a new kind of life. From a from life as I have known it for so many years, where I have to protect myself from outside threats. I have to protect myself from stupid people. I have to be angry when, when people don't think the way that I think and they they do wrong things. That all, all of this kind of thing, right? That I have to protect myself emotionally um, from you if, if we get into a fight. That I have to emotionally protect myself and I have to make sure that you know I'm right. I didn't do anything wrong in this. Um, I have to protect myself emotionally from my children when they do something that hurts my heart. And that I have to get angry at them and be just like, well, then you're on your own. And, you know, all the, all the things that, that come from that. To be the kind of person who can be so caught up in seeing the world through the lens of love that I could stay open and vulnerable to you and know that it's safe to know that, that you desire the same thing and that we are safe together and the relationship can flourish between us and relationship can grow between us because, because there isn't danger here. But even if there is danger at times, it's worth it. Um, with our kids, with my neighborhood, with I mean, whatever that it might look like. Am I currently that kind of person? I've grown a lot, but no. I'm not. But the message of Easter tells me that if I keep following him, 
I can be. I can, I can experience a different kind of life. I can experience a different kind of engagement. I can experience a different kind of, of looking at life and, and seeing it. Um, and, and that's, I'm willing to, I'm willing to follow him for that. Um, and by the way, never once is there anywhere in any Bible passage, and I have torn it apart looking for this, there is no place that says that Jesus went to the cross so that I wouldn't have to. And in fact, what Jesus called his disciples to do was to take up their own crosses and follow him. And in some cases, in many cases, his disciples died in similarly horrific kinds of ways. Taking up their crosses and following him because they weren't afraid of that anymore. Now, I'm not worried about being put to death. I'm not worried about being tortured. But to be blindsided by somebody I care about or by a friend or to um, to have my political beliefs challenged or to be in a place where I don't know if I have a job to go back to or not or what the future holds or if we're going to be able to keep our house or what. I mean, and... And to still move forward and say, even if that, I, I, want to con- I want to be the kind of person who is so in line with the flow of the universe that I can, I can love my neighbors as myself. That I can continue to love even through all that. That is the message of Easter to me. That there's a new kind of life. There's a new kind of existence that there's a new way of approaching everything. That, that is an Easter message that I can hold to today. Preach it. God, that was a... Sermon. Yeah, I almost swore there, but it really was not appropriate to swear right there. <laughs> you might get some new church members if you did. So thank you. No, I I absolutely, you know, resonate with everything that you said. I do think it's interesting. Um, I'm suddenly seeing your nineness and your uh, experience with Jesus' story. And I, because I'm feeling my counterphobic six coming out in the same story and it's actually they're parallel stories but I resonate with something different and you keep using this word um, safe you know that in in this uh, way of life even when it gets bad you're safe right which you would think that that would be a sixth response but actually what I resonate with in Jesus's story has more to do with justice has um, more to do with um, the empowerment that he was giving to the people that in that time, in that social standing, Mm. didn't have or didn't deserve or shouldn't have, like according to the structure at the time. And so when you talk about 
the um, turn the other cheek. For you, it's like it's 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 the nine part coming out and saying it's okay, it's going to be fine. I can turn the other cheek. I will be safe. Um, for me, that's a justice thing because it's all about that. You know, if I he's if 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 I am slapped on one side and there was a certain way to slap, then if I turn the other cheek, I am forcing that person to slap me in a direction that is actually socially an insult. And so I'm asking them, or what I'm doing is I'm placing them in a position of equality. So you might have the right to slap me this direction, uh, backhanded, but when I turn my cheek to you, I'm saying I'm your equal because now if you slap me, you're gonna have to slap me open-handed. And that's a different social communication. And same with carrying the extra mile yeah. and taking the cloak. And there's these. You're absolutely right. There's You're absolutely these. Right. There's these justice. Um, uh, uh, like like Jesus was saying to them, don't just sit down and take it. You do that next thing that forces the other person to see you to as own equal, their action. To own their action and see you as equal. But not respond in kind. Not respond in kind. To elevate the situation. Right. You're not going to be the same person that they are. But if you're going to do this interaction with me, if we're going to play these social dynamics, these structures that exist, I'm going to equal the scales. And to me, the message of Jesus was, I have within me the ability to live in justice. Mm. I can raise my own equality. I can choose that for myself. And I feel like he taught a way of life that said that we don't have to be consumed by these social structures or these political um, you know, lines that are drawn in the sand or the powers that sit or all of that. That every single life from the leper to the woman to the prostitute were as equal as Pilate, right? Mm -hmm. That politically would have scared the pants off of Rome to think that they couldn't suppress people any longer, that they were actually able to rise themselves individually, one by one, they could stand up to Rome. Yeah. That's a huge, huge threat to a world power. And I think that message resonates so much with me right now after, you know, listening to our episode one, um, some of the things that I struggled with as, mm-hmm. as being my particular role in the church all these years, um, but also looking at um, hearing more stories of particularly women, but other people who have been suppressed or oppressed in some way um, by a power, anything from um, a relationship to a job situation to political to world power. I mean, you can go all the gamuts. That the the message is still the same. I have the the ability to have been slapped, uh, backhanded, and I can turn my cheek and request equality. 
I don't have to run for office to do that. I don't have to be a pastor to do that. I can be a woman gaslighted by a boss and I can turn my, my cheek and ask for equality. That is good news to me. That says that there is, there is hope for me, but it also says that I might actually be able to live in my fullness, my full potential, and the way that God created me, things that are wired in me that I had no ability to, to create and construct myself is just part of who I am. It's in my DNA that I get to live in that, that I can actually um, be fully me. Which if I think about the, the long story of God, that we, that we have record of. I think there's more story of God that we don't have a written record. It's not stapled together in that one little cover. Um, but it's, it is that, that we weren't a mistake. Hmm. That we weren't messed up from the beginning and needed someone to come on the scene and uh, die so that now I can actually have communication with this God that created me as a mistake. That is a... I'm trying not to cuss. That is a really messed up story. Yeah. That is a messed up theology. Yeah, it is. It it doesn't even make sense consistently with who he has portrayed himself through history to be. But what does make sense to me is that I mattered from the beginning. That humanity mattered from the beginning. And that all of these stories come back to justice saying you have it in you to rise up and be everything that you have to be that's hope so to me the resurrection does matter it matters Because the very thing that the oppressor used to destroy justice was death. Let's just kill it. Let's just kill everything associated with that, including some of the people who followed him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just him. So let's just kill that that language, that movement, that that thing that is threatening us. And what happens after that? It doesn't stay dead. It doesn't stay dead just because a Jesus had a, a stone rolled away and he resurrected into this new body and all of that. But I do think that that moment spurred all of those people who had experienced this, this way of justice. It spurred them awake. There was grief and his resurrection awoke them into movement. And what happened after that? Mm. The message of justice scattered and it threatened. And what did Rome do? Rome came in and said, We're gonna we're gonna pile down the oppression. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that we shut this down. And um and so that that idea that even death cannot hold back this ability to be fully human, this ability to be fully me. Death can't even do that. 
that it was gener- it was going to spread from one generation to another this message this story this tradition and i think i'm getting myself there to understand why it is that we have this good friday grief and this sunday easter celebration is that we moved from oppression to freedom mm. we moved from um, darkness this dark moment mm. where we thought that everything that we had done and everything that we had worked towards this new way of life was destroyed mm. and what the resurrection what Easter Sunday says to me is that now it's just the beginning of this we get to take this and we get to move forward politically like we do right now um, and we're nothing nothing seems to make sense right now and all this work that it felt like we had done particularly in America I won't speak for any other country but particularly in America where we had gone from owning people to suppressing people to um, I, I grew up in Phoenix hearing in the news about, um, I think the term was used in the news and the media, gay bashing, like in in bathrooms or mm-hmm. gay people were beat up, beat mm-hmm. to a pulp, like just because they were either assumed or somebody knew that they were, like this, not just oppression, but actual terrible harm to people. And we get to this place where I'm raising my daughters in a world where their friends are um, incredibly, and I'm using this word very carefully, but incredibly colorful if, in life. Everything from, from, we can say, skin color to um, lifestyles to um, religions. That, that their world is very open to um, community with all people. And now, in the last several years we've it's like we've undone like a hundred years worth of hard work and it feels like a really dark day it feels like Mm. good friday and i have to have hope that in a few days (laughs) if we still believe that justice handled one person at a time, where we rise and we let our voice of truth, we let our efforts for equality, for me personally, rise up. And if rising up for myself means loving myself, then I'm going to do that for my neighbor, and I'm going to help them rise up. And I'm going to be loving my neighbor, right? So this... This God that exists in my life now radiates justice, radiates equality, radiates um, love, obviously, but it is not um, the oppressive, I was made wrong, I was made sinful, I was made dirty and ugly, and I needed someone to come rescue me from that. I just don't think it matches up with anything that Jesus talked about. And so I think that at that time, 
that what Jesus had done was he spurred people to their value, to their um, uniqueness, to their voice, to their equality. And that scared the shit out of everyone. Because it was contagious. Yeah. It moved. It moved. That's why he had 10,000 people following him. Because somebody said, I'm worth something. I matter. I might have a voice. I know You're giving me tools to be able to stand up to the person who is oppressing me. And I can do that without being like them. I mean, that's, that's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. So I... I think that the resurrection matters, but it's not for the reason that I was taught growing up. It's not because I am um, I am put to death and raised to life. It's because the darkest day doesn't get to stay the darkest day. The sun will rise and we get to do this again and we get to love our neighbor as ourself. I think that um, hey, that was powerful. I should have just let you talk. Um, <laughs> but do you see the difference between is, the nine and the six yeah, view of this? Yeah. But, but this goes along with something we've been saying for so long now, too, is that you know someone else offered this to us one time, um, and we have really grasped onto it. But the idea of a diamond <laughs> and mm-hmm. turning it yeah. and... And every time it shines a different facet, we find, I mean, it's like we see another side of it, another beautiful angle, another perfection, right? And I think that's just what we just went through here today. Just, And that's just two. Yeah. I think that is, ultimately, yeah, that is the beauty of Jesus and that is the beauty of Easter is that it is so much more complex mm-hmm. and wonderful and beautiful than the church has limited it to, yeah. to being about one event that happened at one point in time, and that's the only thing that it's about. And I because essentially that kind of call asks us to make a decision in a moment, but doesn't change who we are. Sure, it's not transformational in any way. It doesn't make me live different. It makes me maybe grateful. It makes me um, maybe view the world a bit differently um, through a different lens. Um, but in and of itself, it is not transformational. Yeah. But these other messages like that you talked about and that I talked about, which I like I said, I think they run parallel. They're just different facets of the diamond. And I think that those things change how we live. They yes. change how we love our neighbor. They change who we are at our core. Um, and they both allow us to be fully ourselves. I am not asked to say to take all those parts of me that I was born with, gifts, talents, um, thoughts, experiences, all of those things, and say they're no longer of value now that I've come to the cross and I've accepted Jesus. But they all come with me, and I get to explore them, and I get to radiate them to the world. Some of the most beautiful people I know are ones who are really in tune with all of those complex spaces of themselves, and they, and they let the world see it. 
Yeah. Um, and I have to be honest, I don't know how much God is involved in their intellect or their their belief system that allows them to do that. I mean, just people I'm thinking of, I haven't had that conversation with. But I am, I am energized and I am changed and I am moved forward to more good by some of those people that I have to wonder that they have they have been allowed to be uh, their full self. They've been allowed to tap into that all along. Um, so it's a it's a different way of living. Right. They get. Those and I know exactly who, in some instances, you're speaking of, mm-hmm. but I know specifically the type of people that you're. Mm-hmm. you're we, we know a number of those kinds of, of those kinds. Though we know a number of those people who mm-hmm. live in that way. And I, I recognize that as again something that I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. They see life differently. Right. I want to see life differently. Um, I'm not trying to be done. I think we have to be done. <laughs> I'm looking at the okay. time. And we have some things on our, on our schedule today that, strangely enough, we do. <laughs> wow, we have a schedule today. Yes, that, that we're going to run out of time for. Capturing these conversations is wonderful for me. I'm gonna go, And I get to go back and listen to it all again as I'm editing it mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And... Um, thinking all the things I wish I would have said and all that, but it's that's it's the conversations that we're having. Yeah. Um, and um, I, you know, I don't want to be the last word, so so you can be the last word um, if you want to. But I do want to say that aside from that last comment about all <laughs> churches being corrupt and all that, um, really, what what I <laughs> sorry. <laughs> What I come away with in this um, in this conversation again is the thing that I have locked into, and that is that um, yeah, there are many different facets to this diamond mm-hmm. of of Easter, this diamond of who Jesus was, and all that. Um, but there's still, for me, in all that I have given up and all that I've let go of, Jesus still represents hope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Easter still represents hope, and that's what I—that's what I need. I need hope. Mm-hmm. I need. I crave hope. Um, and I, when I look at it, aside from all of the mess that's been presented over the years, yeah. And I look at it in the in the context, two of which are just the ones we talked about today, and there are other contexts too. I hear the message of hope in those tellings. Um, so that's what it means to me. I think I already said what it means to me, but... Uh, yes, but I, I want you to have the last word. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that um, one of the things that has scared us in the past about saying what we think and saying how we feel about faith and about God and theology and all of those things is that there are lines drawn in the sand all the time. Everybody says, you can't believe this and you can't believe it for that. And this is what's true. And this is what's, you know, recorded and da da da. And we can go down those rabbit holes like crazy. I think there's schools built for those called seminary. (laughs) But I would say this, 
that if we ever stop thinking, we ever stop trying to connect more with our spirituality and with God, then we have made him, her, very small. Agreed. Well, those of you that have hung on this long, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You are warriors. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. We set out to... You know, do the, undo this church thing and we create a church right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great. Sure. Well, happy Easter to you. Thank you. And happy Easter to everyone else. And may it may it be a day of hope. Mm. Alright. Till next time.